so anyway, the overall theme of this series is faith that follows. Uh, what do followers do, right? Um, what did the disciples do? Um, you put your faith in Jesus, now what? And the only thing I could think of is my brother and I used to binge this movie called Office Space. It's hilarious. And uh, they were interviewing guys and they said, what exactly do you do here? And I love that line. Um, but I think, and, and that's, that's such as life. We always ask that, you know. If you're going to get some soup and you're in an episode of Seinfeld, you better know what you're going to do or you're going to get a line that's what? No soup for you, buddy. you got to figure out what to do first, you know. Uh, me in an airport, forget about it. They could be like, hey, man, strip. I'd be like, okay, right, whatever you want. Like, here's my computer. Just how do I get on the plane? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to do in an airport. If my flight gets canceled, I just go home. I don't have any idea what to do. Um, here's something I found. I've used this before. I want you to raise your hand when you would stop following these instructions. What to do while, when attacked by an anaconda in the Amazon jungle? Number one, raise your hand if you would just say, nope, I'm not following these direct directions. Do not run. The snake is faster than you are. Oh, we already have people that are like, no. Okay, Brandon, you're still in. You're going to stay in your ground. Okay. Number two, lie flat on the ground. Put your arms tight against your sides and your legs tight against each other. Okay, now we got some people rolling. Uh, three, tuck your chin in. Okay, four, the snake will begin to nudge and climb over your body. Five, do not panic. <laughs> Six, the snake will begin to swallow your feet first. Always your feet first. Seven, you must lie perfectly still. This will take a very long time. Brandon, are you still in? Okay. No, you're out. Okay, you're in. All right. Eight, when the snake has reached your knees, reach down, take your knife, slide it into the side of the snake's mouth between the edge of its mouth and your leg. Quickly rip upwards, severing the snake's head. Number nine, be sure you have your knife. Number ten, be sure your knife is sharp. Okay. I'm out. I'm running. I, you know, we were in uh, the Yellowstone National Forest uh, last year, and um, everyone was f good that I was on the trip because they're like, hey, man, we're good because we're going to run because you're going to be last. I'm like, great. Uh, I'm going to be the one to get eaten by a bear. Um, so, but, you know, we ask in life, what do we do? You know, and last week, Matt talked about how followers gather. You know, they gather they care for each other. They sharpen each other. And next week, we're going to talk about uh, followers go. And I'm going to hit a little bit on that today, just a point, and they will, we're, we're going to pack more into that uh, next week. Uh, but this week is essentially followers pursue Jesus. That's where we're going to go. And man, that's what I tried to do this week, which I've tried to do since the fall of 94. And it's like, man, if I could say, hey, I could do a sermon on the day and the week of Ben Tool this week, and I would say, hey, if you want to follow Jesus, sign right here. It's like followers suffer. Uh, anyone don't want to do that? It's really fun. Um, you know, I feel like Paul said in Philippians, he says, you know, I want to know Jesus. I'm like, yes. And he says, I want to know the power of his resurrection. I'm like, yes. I want to share in his sufferings. I'm like, not really. You know, I don't really want to do that part. Um, so anyway, this morning what we're going to look at um, as, we, as we look at this stuff, is some questions and observations. And so that's why on your thing you got there, it just says questions and thoughts to ponder. So write it down if it strikes you. Don't if it doesn't. Uh, write it down if it makes you uncomfortable. Uh, write it down if your spouse says, hey, you should write that down. Um, 
But one of these questions may be what it is to take you to that next level. Um, or if anything, at least you can tell your friends, hey, I went to church this week. It was great. Um, so anyway, let me pray and then we'll get into this. Lord, thanks for an opportunity uh, to just figure out what, what, what do we do? <laughs> you know, as we start following you, what does it look like and what do we do? Like, ask that you would be with us as we talk through that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the two things we're going to talk about is, one, is what did the disciples do, right? And two, what did Jesus do? That's kind of where we're going. Um, and first, I want to look at the disciples. You know, what did it look like when they said yes? I'm going to start in Matthew 4. And I, basically, I'm going to have all these observations, and I'm going to pose a question. And if that question pertains to you, write it down. If not, just move on with your life. Don't worry about it. Okay, here we go. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And for, so first off, I'm amazed at the sell, right? Like when I sell something, I'm like, hey man, like you gotta go to Young Life Camp. It's gonna be the best week of your life. It'll be the best food you ever eat. I mean, it is gonna be the best. If, and if it's not, I'll give you your money back, right? And then we say, and, and you can do all this stuff. Just doesn't say any of that. He goes, hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, hey man, you're gonna see, uh, we're gonna feed 15,000 people one day. You're going to watch me raise people from the dead. He doesn't say any of that. He just says, follow me. And they get up and they follow him. So what did they do in this instance? They did exactly what fishermen don't do. They left their nets. They left something behind. It says that once they left their nets and followed him, the other one says immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. They didn't ask, hey, where are we going? Hey, how long is it going to take? Hey, should I pack a lunch? They just got up and followed. So the first question is this, is there something you need to leave behind? As you follow Jesus, there's something that you need to walk away from, like they did. A bad habit, maybe. A relationship that just isn't good for you. The love of money, some secret sin. I, I don't know what it is. Your old way of thinking, you know, because scripture says, you know, that do not conform any, any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So you need to walk away from your old way of thinking. I don't know what it is for you, but do you need to leave something behind? Maybe. First question. Uh, next, uh, next observation is uh, they actually got up and walked, right? They, they physically followed Jesus. I, I, I want to bring this point up because um, more of a gauge thing for you, and, you know, I was thinking about Paul, his ministry with rabbis and teachers and what that meant, and I read a long time ago about this. Um, and the followers of rabbis and teachers, they would obviously, what, follow them, right, down the dirt road. They wouldn't be in front, like, follow the leader. If you're following the leader, you're behind, right, and you're doing what they do. So when they would stop place to place, the, the followers would be dirty because they're so close to the teacher that they're kicking up dust. That's kind of an old thing that they used to talk about. And I don't know whether it's true or not, but I love the thought of that. And the, and the, and the question that comes up is, how dirty would you be? I mean, if you're physically following Jesus, and let's assume it's like on a dirt road, how dirty would you be? Are you that close? 
So again, this is more of a gauge thing. Are you a thousand feet behind him? Maybe this morning you'll get 700 feet or 500 or 100 feet. Or I, I always used to say I, I like shopping cart length, right? Which means you're so close. And, and this was my childhood. Hey, Dad, can I push the cart? And he's like, yes, but if you run into me, I'll, I'm going to kill you. Because you know, that hurts. It's like right on, the, on your Achilles. And we did it every single time. Because he would go, oh, and he'd stop, boom, and I'd run into him. Are you that close? Well, if, if Jesus stopped, would you run into him? Just an interesting thought. Um, third observation. Hearing and obeying his teaching. This is evident because right away in Matthew 5 to 7 is this gigantic speech. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about this. It's an in-depth teaching of the life of the kingdom of God, what it means to really follow God, the basic principles of discipleship and all that. And he gives this huge speech. And it's, it's a profound thing. And, and at the end of it, um, he says this, because this is where the hearing and obeying comes. It's out of Matthew 7. I'm going to read that. It says there, Chris, thanks for this cup, man. Keeps everything cold. Okay. Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it has its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. So that's, what he, that's how he ends this big speech. And the third question is, are you in a position where you can know what his teachings are and then obey those teachings? Are you in that kind of position in your life? And I'm going I'm to build on that a little later, because what does that actually look like or mean? Um, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, because the fourth observation is the disciples learn by doing and failing. They learn by doing and failing. Um, you know, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, and when a reporter asked, hey, how did, how did it feel to fail a thousand times? And Edison replied, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with a thousand steps, right? I love that. Um, so I'm not going to read this whole passage, but in several cases, and this is what we're going to talk about next week, the disciples were said, hey, go. Jesus said, hey, go. Go heal the sick. Go out. Go and make disciples of all nations. And I love how the, what the J.B. Phillips says in, the, in this. Um, in Mark, it says, um, <laughs> I knew I needed these. You must go out to the whole world and proclaim the good news to every creature. I love that because that's why we're here today. Because they heeded that call to go, we are here, which is pretty cool, right? They were told to go. And here's the thing. I mean, you know, who are the people in your life that you need to go to with purpose. You're already going to them. There are people in your office or wherever. They're in your neighborhood. But the fourth question is, will you go to them with purpose this week? And we're going to really kind of talk a little bit more about that next week. But will you do that? It's a question to think about. You know, he sent them out two by two. He says, go. And, the, and at one point, um, you know, because he's, he's asking them to, to live an act of faith toward him. Again, what do, what do followers do? They, they go. And that's what we're going to talk again about next week. But um, you might be thinking, well, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know what to do. Neither do they. 
They had no idea. They just said, hey man, Jesus changed my life. Maybe it's what you're looking for. That's, that's their artillery. That's all you need. Man, Jesus did something, and I'm telling you, he's the real deal. I, I, that's all I can tell you. So I, I love that. You don't have to have a master's degree in preaching. You don't have to be able to explain dispensational eschatology. Just go. You have what you need. By the way, if you want to know more about dispensational eschatology, we have extremely well-versed pastors. You should ask them or Google. I have no idea what it means. I just looked up a really long religious term. I literally Googled that and hit enter. I don't even know what it means. Uh, so, <laughs> do you know what it means, Matt? Yeah, see? Ask Matt later. <laughs> Ask Matt later and then tell me what he said because I want to check him. Do not Google it during this uh, sermon. All right. Um, so, but here's the thing. One time his disciples, they went out and they're like, hey, man, we couldn't heal him. What happened? It didn't work. And Jesus goes, oh, yeah, yeah, because this one only comes out by prayer. They failed, and they learned. I mean, that's what followers do. They, they, they go out, and they just have faith, and you fail, and then you learn these lessons in life. And that's, and that's the two obvious things here is, how's your prayer life, right? They said, hey, this can only come out by prayer. And the other one is, do we ask Jesus into all aspects of our lives? How are you with that? Yeah, I don't know what to say. It's okay. Just say, just like I'm saying it right now, just like you're talking to anybody, do we do that? Where are you with that? It's more like a gauge, right? Should I take this job? Should I buy this car? Should I marry this girl? Or should I marry this guy? Lord, are my kids nuts or what? Am I, am I nuts? What's going on? Lord, am I supposed to move to, do you ask God into that? How are your discussions with the Savior? I know for me, something that happens, I stress out. I call my buddies. Hey, man, this is going on. I call my mom. Mom, listen to this. This is crazy. I worry about it, and then I pray. It's like the sixth or seventh step for me. Again, is prayer your last resort? Is prayer only when things are rough? Or is it an ongoing discussion with the living God? Where are you with that? Again, write it down if, the, if you need to think about that. Check your prayer gauge. Is it a four? All right, well, let's make it a four and a half this week. Make it a five. Whatever. Fifth observation was they followed his example. You know, following Jesus, you know, involves actually following his example. They're in the upper room, right? And here's what happens. He washes the disciples' feet, and he says this, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Sort of do what I do type thing. So what did Jesus do? Well, there's, it's a ton. It's a ton of stuff that's all, all in this amazing book right here. I'm going to talk about that in a second, but... I'm just going to bring out two things that has impacted my life. This, I don't know however long I've been saying, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus and figure out what that means. The first verse is this, Mark 1.35. So this is all, those are some things the disciples did that we can sort of look at and go, okay, what, what does that look like for me? Right? Some of those questions we already talked about. This is, okay, here's what Jesus did. It says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. 
one tiny verse, what a great way to start your day. It's early in the morning. Your, your cell phone's not going off. Your email's not ching-changing and chiming. Your kids aren't running around because you're going to get up before them. You're like, uh, you don't know what time my kids get up. I, I, I do, maybe. Or maybe I don't. I don't care. But I go down in my basement in a corner where I made a spot for this very early in the morning. He got up and was in solitary with God. He says he prayed. He listened. He was alone with God. I'm going to hit on this in a second. I want to go to the next verse real quick. Uh, Mark 14, 36. This is sort of Mark 1 and then Mark 14. And he did a ton of stuff in between. But th this is the, the bookends. What does he do here? It says, Abba, Father. He said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. So at the end of the day and everything, he lived to please God alone. This is a big one for me, no matter what, because the prayer ended up taking him to the cross. This was him praying in the garden. He goes, man, I don't really want to do this. But whatever you want. I remember praying that prayer. I don't really want to move, but man, if, if, if it's what you want me to do, I'll do it. The seventh question is, who do you want to please? Who are you living to please? Seriously. Yourself? Your spouse? Your job? Your boss? An institution? Am I living to please young life? Or this church? Or what if we just made the list one? I'm just going to do what God wants. That's it. Because in the end, that's all that really matters anyway. A million things we can learn from Jesus' life. But these are two examples that have impacted. You ask what do followers do? That's what I do. I fail. I miss that morning time, but that's what I try to do. I get with him every day and just sit. A couple things. Seventh question, again, who do you want to who do you want to please? But here are all these questions. I'm going to put them all on, on one slide. This is what we've talked about so far. What do you need to leave in the rearview mirror? How can you get close enough to Jesus that you would run into him literally? How can you know his teachings and obey them? Will you go with purpose this week? Where's your prayer gauge? How are you with that? Again, this is a bunch of stuff. But these are just some things we learned from the disciples. And Jesus' example right here, will I live to please God alone or a million other things or people? How can I be in a position to listen to what Jesus says? And again, guys, these, that's, probably, that's seven sermons, by the way. So I've, I don't have time to go into all that, but just some things to think about. And I can sum it all up um, in what I do every single day. And every, every time I've get, gotten up and spoken in the church, I bring this up. The key in growing in my relationship with God and living out this whole thing is this. I mean, I love this thing, man. <laughs> it is living and active. It's alive. It's God's word. It's Jesus' biography. It's all here. And when I said yes to Jesus, I just started figuring out, how, how do I read this? Figure out how to read God's word. 
I, literally, this could have been a two-minute two sermon. I just wanted to say a bunch of other stuff. That's the sermon today. Figure out how to read this. It's written word of God. It's in our own language. There's tons of versions. Scripture I love, Hebrews 4 says, For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. How can you engage in this thing daily? You can read it. Are you an audio person? Listen to it. You can download all kinds of free Bible apps and just listen to God's word. I'm telling you, how do you engage in this thing? How can you feed on God's word on your own? Not just once a week at a Bible study, and that's a good thing. Not just once a week here, that's a great thing too, but every day. You know, write some stuff down, figure it out. Find someone who you know, they know you know they read this. Ask them, hey, how, how do you, what do you do? Where do I start? How do you read this? I dare you to ask them. They'll be pumped. They might even buy you a Bible. Don't ask, don't everybody ask me. I don't really read God's word, so kidding. But figure it out. Guys, and I, I came in this morning, and there's one, two, three, four, we have six reading plans. They're right outside there. Grab one and just do what it says. Grab your Bible, journal and opinion. You don't have a journal, go buy one. Go buy a journal, follow these steps. It just it tells you. And then every day it goes, week one, don't pay attention to the dates, who cares? Just it's your day one. You want to read Acts, Mark, 40 truths about God. We, we have resources out there. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the one thing that did it for me. It's full of Jesus' teachings to obey. It's full of Jesus' examples to follow, Right? You can read about the life of Christ. I mean, when I said yes to following Jesus, I read the book of Mark, and I've read it 50 times since then, probably. And I'm still like, whoa, did you see this? Spoke right, I mean, just went right into my soul. I mean, I'm, I'm selling the word of God to you guys. It's huge, huge, huge. It's full of all kinds of people we can learn from. It's full of people that failed miserably. It's full of people that learned what it means to fail and they learned what grace means, right? Because you just pick them right back up. Like, hey, it's cool. Let's just keep moving on. People that serve as our mentors and heroes of the faith, it's all right there. Felt that thing coming off. Getting his word daily. I'm telling you, that's what people followers of jesus do even matthew 5 the disciples go hey jesus well, uh, how do we pray and he goes our father in heaven hallowed be thy name we didn't make that up it's in the scriptures jesus said it you see what i'm saying like they it's right in there man and it's it's thick and rich and amazing so i'm telling you get a bible and figure out how to read it what do followers do they read god's word what do followers do? They obey his word. What do followers do? They spend time sitting with Jesus daily. What do followers do? They pray and they see their prayers answered. What do followers do? They, they fail by doing. They fail by going. People who are followers of Jesus, they figure out and learn what grace really means when they fail. 
People who are followers of Jesus begin to hear Jesus among all the other crazy chaos voices and people and everything else in your life. You begin to discern God's voice because you sit with him and you listen. And you engage in his word and you begin to understand. I think that's God. That's, That's what followers do. And I'm saying if God in the flesh, Jesus, went up, to a mountainside by himself to pray, and he's God, I think we probably need to do that too. My former boss in Young Life, he's, been on, he's still on Young Life staff 50 plus years. Maybe that'll be me. I hope not, but maybe it'll be me. I've tried to quit this job like four or five times. And Jesus was like, no. I'm like, fine. Anyway, my former boss... And Young Life, and here's what somebody asked him. This was awesome. They go, have you done this this long? Dave's Tommy Hammond. And here's what he said. His answer was this. I start every day with a non-negotiable, uninterruptible time with Jesus in his word and prayer. And there, are be, there will be a million reasons for me not to. That's real. I know that because there's a million reasons to not do that. And I I think the evil one knew what I was talking about this morning. And this week, I had a million reasons not to do it. And a couple of times, I'm like, yeah, I really got to get this phone call. And boom, I'm off and running. And I missed the best part of my day. Why would I want to start my day with a terrible email? Because I'm dumb. That's why. Why would I want to start my day with a terrible phone call? Because I'm an idiot. I'm speaking to myself. If you want to write that down for you, that's on you. Why would I not want to start the day with the best thing ever? Sitting with the Savior and he goes, hey man, I love you. Here's who you are. No matter what everybody else says, this is who you are in Christ. This is who I am. I got this. I I have you. Anything that you're going to deal with today, I'm right there, man. You just be right on my heels. I got it. You're going to not know what to say. I got that too, man. I got you. Why would we not want to do that? It's that that simple. And so that's why I'm saying, find somebody you know does that. And you say, hey, hey, what what do you do? Just just copy them. I'm telling you, I cannot stress enough. I heard this, um, you know, it helps us to be ready, right, for anything. That's why I want to start my day like that. I heard this uh, quote. (laughs) It says, people that are ready don't need to get ready. And I'm like, wow, that's deep. And my wife's like, no, it's not. It's dumb. And you're like, yeah, you're right. It just means be ready, right? That's how I'm ready every day. I sit with Christ. I'm like, hey, man, you know, you know what's going to happen. Stack hands and go. Um, we all have that access, and here's the thing. I got some other stuff. I'm just going to end it right here. I I triple dog dare you. You, uh, I don't know what you wrote down. I don't know what God spoke to you this morning. Whether it's prayer or whatever it is, maybe there is something that you need to walk away from. That's great. I triple dog dare you to engage in this sucker. All the questions that we asked this morning, all the challenges, all the to-dos, what the followers do, it's all right here in this treasure. 
this thing answers the saying on all those bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? It's right here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four biographies of Jesus' life. It answers them right there. And we can actually read it. So my last question is what's stopping you? What's stopping you from engaging in God's living and active word? What gold will you find this week as you dig into this vast world of the living word of God? Because it's changed my life. He has spoken to me out of this thing, man. I can't tell you how much. It seems so simple. People, what do followers do? They read God's word. They engage in it daily. And I'd say, man, if you can do that, you're, you're, you're killing it. I double, triple, quadruple dog dare you to figure out how to do that. And there are people in your life that want to help you do that. Stop by out here. There's all those six pamphlets. They're right there on the counter. Grab one. Lord, thank you for your love for us, God. Thank you that you called us out of the deep pit, out of sin, out of craziness and chaos, even if we didn't know it. You said, I have come that you may have life. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life. That's what you want us to have. You've given us this gift of your word. I pray that we would dust those things off and dig this week. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. You would make your presence known. Wherever we are this week, that we'd be a little closer next week, and eventually, man, if you were to stop, we'd run right into you. We could hear you whisper in our ear. We could just know your presence. And it would be thick. That's what followers do. They press in and cling to you, the author and perfecter of our faith. So thank you today just for a chance to look. What does it kind of look like? Where am I with that and where do I want to be? So thank you for today in your name. Amen.